Succinct is very important. So, yeah. That's a big word for a dragon board. Don't ask that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, three syllables. Sorry. Uh, Adri, you were supposed to be on watch, but you look like you were asleep. I was watching. Are you dead? <laughs> Fair. And what is your hamster's name? I was about to Smedric say. two. Smedric. So what is a squirrel's name? I haven't named it yet. Smedric okay. three. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter S for Smedric. And draconic, <laughs> that is snack, snack food. food. Really, I can't. I'm go still alive. Time. I'm just very badly burned. Chapter one fifteen. An offer in the night. Okay. Well, in the last episode, you guys had finally been successful in completing your mission to Pheromons and had uh, defeated multiple uh, problems that had popped up there in the Iron Mountain. And now you find yourselves on the way back. But before we get into all that, something magnanimous happened. Uh, what happened to you guys all at the end of the last episode? No one gave away all his money. That's pretty magnanimous. Yeah. We leveled up. Woo! Yeah. Nice. You got a Finally. bunch of XP. So why don't we uh, do the usual and let's go around the room and uh, tell us who you are. Give us your uh, character and your description and what you got on the level up. And uh, Drew, why don't you start us off? Okay. So I play Kraval, a bronze dragonborn. Uh, he wears no armor, though he does now carry a long glaive that's been uh, magically enhanced by the dwarves of Pheromons to a plus one weapon. Uh, at this current level, I am now uh, ha gained a, a, an additional nine, sorry, eight hit points. So I now have a total of 71. Actually, uh, this is a good level for me because as, as I went investing cleric, I unlocked a few more abilities. I got my third uh, channel divinity ability which is called war god's blessing i can now you channel the divinity twice yeah i picked up another third level spell slot and because we all hit level nine our proficiency bonus went up so all everything that applies to spell attack dc skills all went up by one as well very good and tell us more about Kraval. what does he look like Kraval is an older dragonborn um he is a uh, ritualistically scarred much like the maoris of uh of uh New Zealand and Australia, they um, they all signify something. Um, he has a, a wide bronze dragonborn body, so he's very tall, very thick. Um, he's missing a few, not missing much damage, just from battles, uh, horns here and there. He does not wear armor at all. He prefers not to. Um, when uh, the mood strikes him, he can breathe lightning out to 30 feet in a straight line. He's normally pretty quiet, um, choosing to think before reacting. Uh, being the war leader of his clan has forced him to take a different view on life and spend some time he spent earlier on in this campaign uh, has taught him to look at things in the Dragonborn Nation differently than everyone else, and it's causing some problems. 
Very good. (laughs) Okay, and Bryce, why don't you tell us about Cotter? So Cotter's a half-elf paladin. He talks about his horse all the time, (laughs) which I'm excited to think about the future for the horse. (laughs) (laughs) The future is bright for for this this particular (laughs) equine. (laughs) Yeah, he's wealthy through his family that he's re re meeting with after leaving them for a while he just gained third level spells so we can do more powerful things more often yeah very good and what uh what does uh cotter look like yeah cotter is a half elf a little bit shorter than average i guess i think i put him Brown hair, brown eyes, wearing bright red chainmail. Has a stone that floats around his head that makes him smarter. Very good. So now he can converse with broccoli. <laughs> okay, and speaking of vegetables, let's uh, go on with uh, <laughs> Noan. Matt, tell us about Noan. Wow. <laughs> I would be kale. <laughs> it's a superfood. And yes. nobody likes that either. Yeah. <laughs> I kill you. What do you mean? It's a superfood. <laughs> Don't you mean I, I kill, kill you? you? <laughs> <sighs> Someone stab him with a spoon. Okay. So anyways, uh, no one is a tiefling. He's five foot eleven and of lithe build. Uh, he has a reddish tint to his skin and red eyes, as you would expect. Uh, he has one medium horn. One has been shorn off in battle. Uh, he keeps his hair in a ponytail and has no actual tail of his own. And he uh, sports fancy blue robes and bloodied hand wraps, which he uh, doesn't typically take off even in court situations. And yes, he did level up, and his cool new ability is ability to uh, to run up vertical surfaces or cross liquids uh, without falling down or falling in. Does he have to maintain movement to do that, or he can just like stop and be right on top of the water in the land? Well, I I, I have to be moving, but I do have a ring of water walking, so I can just walk on water if I want. But what's nice is I can basically just run up a four-story building and not have to worry about climbing it at all. So long as the four stories within your speed and movement. That is, I, I move very is. speed. I'm I think pretty it's, fast. Yeah, I think you have it to is. be moving for it to. Yeah, That's at cool. forty-five, I can shoot up a building. If I were dashing, then That's true. there we are. That's awesome. I, I would uh, assume that would be sort of like in the martial arts movies where you're just leaping from yeah. projection to projection yeah. all the way up there. Crouching tiger. Crouching or, tiger, hidden no one. Or just, just the friction no on, on the, the surface. Nonetheless, really climbing isn't an issue for me anymore. Right before he rubs his socks on the <laughs> carpet. <laughs> Take that, Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, and Owen, why don't you uh, tell us about Arlen? Arlen is a... A half-elf sorcerer, wild magic sorcerer. Um, he is fairly short, with blue eyes and uh, short blonde hair. Uh, interestingly, he has a tattoo of a tree that seems to be growing every level. How big is it now that he's level nine? It is just reaching under the elbow and just over the shoulder. Um, Who's your artist, man? <laughs> Weird tiger mask guy. <laughs> um, he is wearing simple clothing now that he has a 
uh, has robes that can change into whatever he wants. He's a farmer, so he doesn't know really anything about fashion or armor or anything like that. So they're just fairly simple clothing, um, comfortable to travel in, comfortable to wear. So would you say he has like court overalls and then leisure overalls? Is that what he usually uh, does between? I think he just has overalls. Overalls. <laughs> overall, that's overall. That's yeah. his breeches in a tunic, and yeah, he, he uh, at least you know makes it look like they don't have patches anymore. Yeah, he has a pretty nifty pendant uh, that helps him heal a bunch, um, and a super snazzy belt, recently given to him by the dwarves, and also a robot squirrel. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I got yes. a robot squirrel. Man. Okay, and Adri, why don't you tell us all about Adri there, uh, Jesse? All right, Adri is a uh, half drow. She's about five foot one. She has white hair and that dark gray skin of the drow, but since she's a half drow, sort of like the not quite purely white, not quite purely like ebony black skin. Yeah, it's more like platinum blonde and charcoal, mm-hmm. yeah. Correct. Um, she is a monk of the same monastery as Noan is, um, so she's got the same sort of bluish type robes. Um she has also leveled up to the same level as no one has. Um, definitely did that before no one did though, not after. <laughs> um, so has the same movement, uh, unarmored movement. So now can walk on, on water and, and, uh, up walls without falling in or off. Um, and has a pet hamster, which is the most important thing about this entire game. And what is your hamster's name? Schmedrick two. Schmedrick. So what is a squirrel's name? I haven't named it yet. Smedric okay. 3. Squarely. Yeah. A Tron, because it's a robot. Ironically, in Draconic, Schmedwork means snack food. You just made that up. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> He's a lone dragonborn. He can make things up like yes. that. I'll, I'll have to confer with my dragonborn friends. You I have a dragonborn friend. <laughs> no, like the other dragonborn friend. friend. It'll, it will, it'll work. All the ones he has on Facebook, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean the red dragon <laughs> clan that hates your guts? Those friends? No, no, no the blues. Well, that's the, the black best. dragon clan that's still ta- stalking Adrian. Yeah, yeah. Or the black dragon that just keeps dropping in for a visit every once in a while. Hasn't happened for a bit. And we're snack. due for another he one. He wants a smedrick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone it. wants yeah. a smedrick. It's like Sesame Street. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter S for smedrick. And draconic, <laughs> that is snack food. Snack food. food. <laughs> Okay, good. So if you remember in the last episode, you guys had finally cured all the problems there at the Iron Mountain. It turned out that the Baron had been replaced by a succubus who had taken his shape and form and has had been driving the Iron Mountain and the Great Gate on towards war. And uh, you were able to expose that particular plan and defeat her or well chase her away she went ethereal and went into the wall and who knows where she is now but uh chalk that up into the the ever-growing list of people that hate you guys and want you to die yeah i'm used to it yeah and uh then when all seemed copacetic and and things seemed to be going okay um you guys had actually helped nola his cousin to ascend to the baronial throne and she never got a chance to uh even uh be crowned baron before she was kidnapped mysteriously out of the blue and that turned out to be the high tinker the head of the tinker gnomes 
Um, they, uh, he had abandoned the path of technology and, and metals and gears and instead had begun to worship the old gods and apparently had kidnapped Nola to, in order to sacrifice her to gain some sort of old god type power. And you intercepted that plan. And after a monumental and titanic battle with the abomination of the old gods, you all ended up becoming, uh, you know, successful, being triumphant over the, uh, the abomination. And then everyone had a right, nice Lunessa festival where you guys all got a chance to run races and throw spears and shoot arrows and, and punch people and have a generally a carousing good time. And so that's where we find ourselves now. You have just left the Iron Mountain. Um, obviously, Cotter is on his faithful charger that he can summon at a, a moment's notice. The and rest we know he is because he won't stop talking about it. Pretty much, yeah. And the rest of you all got riding rams. Yes. That the dwarves have. So you're all, you're all uh, a little more woolly. We're ram tough. Yes. <laughs> and you guys are departing the uh, the mountain. Um and as we said before, um, going into the mountain is a lot of the foot soldiers and the uh, war machines that uh, had been dismissed from the field now that the war is kind of temporarily on hold. So that's where you guys find yourselves now. Um, so as you know, it's about a two-day ride from Ferramons to Porta Magnum. And uh, you uh, have a, a, a little bit of a, a, a journey there in front of you. So what are you going to do? Anything special, or are we just going to ride straight through to uh, to Porta Magnum? Let's just ride straight through. Actually, it seems like we have some urgency to go up into the hills. So While yeah. we're riding, I do have a question for Noan and Adri. Where is your monastery? In the mountains. No one knows. <laughs> it's in the mountains. In it's, the mountains. Uh, it's in the southern mountains, uh, pretty much above Lowford. They uh, they wandered downhill out of the uh, monastery and end up in Lowford. So. Lowford is where we started, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So okay. just a little bit west of Civitas Cataracta. Didn't we want to stop by Lowford a couple places and tell them that we're still oh, alive after we four never and a half months? Finished there was a couple mission. things we had talked about when we hit, right as we hit Fairmonts that we needed to go back and just check in, and then yeah. Lowford was yeah. one of them. We need right, because to... we told them that we would go help them because we were embassies, the... mm -hmm. and, and then we... we never came back. Well, we didn't have a chance to. We've been on the run for yeah. a long time. And then we got we sidetracked go by a backstories. We should come back and say, hey, guys, we did our job. We need to go to Lowford. And then how far is, you have the map, how far is Lowford from where we're at right now versus Port of Magnum versus eventually I, I, I do have to go back to Dragon So Port of, Magna, Port of Magnum is there on the other side yeah, we are from like, where are we? Exact we opposite. We're in between. over here. And Lowford is below. Lowford is over here. Yeah, you are the very northeastern part of and the kingdom, and Lowford is in the southwest. We can we can do Lowford later. Well, yeah, because Port Magnum is right well, here. Well, the uh, so Port Magnum is the closest, right? Yeah, we mm -hmm. need so to go. Let's do Port Magnum. We can probably do an airship to get us to Lowford. Uh, probably Danya. Are and we? Are we? I think getting, she's done with us. Are we kicked out of? Speedus Cataracta, is that yes. where we're kicked out of? Um, so, yeah, you guys, uh, if you cool. remember a bunch of months ago, uh, managed to get yourselves uh, We weren't kicked known. out, we wanted. So, yeah, so, yeah it's going to be kind of tough to go back to Speedus Cataracta. Fun fact. But that, but that brings up the next oh, problem. Well, how long has it been since that happened? Um, it's Not been, very like, long. like you said, about four months now. They remember. So, yeah. Well, we don't know. Because what did we do? That, was, what did we do that? Do, do you want to go find out? No, I'm not. No, but what did we do? I can't remember what it was that we did that we got us wanted. 
Um, didn't we attack a magic shop? Magic nope. item shop? Or no, that, that was in Port of Magnum. No. You guys, you guys uh, linked up with Danya and somebody in the bar, the CD bar that you were in, overheard, overheard that where, where, you were where? going to Ubrium Concordia, oh, yeah. where it so, is death to go. So they were going to arrest us on suspicion of trying to do trespassing, but now since they don't even know if we did or not. Fun fact, I have a uh, mass alter self spell. You did actually take it and mass alter self, so I can choose all of us and oh, change yeah. how we look or or catch this. I like that, but we are ambassadors of Porta Magnum. If we're ambassadors, we should have immunity to the other cities. Well, uh, and I believe you guys did talk a bit with the Baron in Porta Magnum about that. So uh, when you get back there, you probably could talk to the ambassador from Porta Magnum to Swedish Cataract to uh, maybe slip him in a good word. Mm-hmm. Okay. I still think and get our stuff because the Baron owes us stuff. So we stop the war. How, how is this as a plan? Porta Magnum first to resolve this because mm-hmm. we haven't resolved it yet. We need to finish resolving mm-hmm. it. Um, from there... Either, actually, I don't think I just lost track of the name of this town. Low, low, what? Lowford. Thank you. Lowford. Does it even have a? It doesn't have a dock for airship. No, no. no the nearest dock is Savitas Cataracta. But which you know what? Where we're wanted. Yeah. But neither neither did half the places we were dropped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that shouldn't be a barrier. So let's go to Savitas. Let's take go to Port Manum and ask for the envoy who can accompany us. He can do that. We can sneak off if necessarily. I either go to Lowford to check them out first, or Dragonborns then Lowford. Either way, but no matter what, I have to get. A Let's Dragonborn. do Dragonborn first. Yeah, I mean, Lowford can wait. And anyway, we can get airship down to place in between Excalibur and Calise. Excalibur and Calise, and that's right, uh, right below where the Dragonborn located. Go up to the Dragonborn, then go down and walk and if we have to. We can go from Lowford immediately to the place, the next place of um, on our list, uh, the Flactory locations, mm-hmm. which is right off the coast. Mm-hmm. That's a plan. But first, let's get our stuff from the Baron of Porta Magna. Yep. Cool. Okay. Very good. Okay. So um, you guys are going to uh, take the slow road back to Porta Magnum through the uh, forest there to the west of Faramons. And uh, obviously, the forests are not so dense that they're actually named on the uh, northern side of the Mare Arnosum. It's just basically a, a uh, oak woodland. Uh, with the you know the the uh, large grasslands in between, um, and it's a pretty uh, unremarkable uh, d- first day in the field. Uh, you obviously are passing legions of dwarves heading back to the Iron Mountain uh, now that uh, things have been called off, and you see other ones that are disassembling the roadblocks that had been thrown up that you guys encountered that uh, that first trip out. But aside of that, it's just kind of calm and quiet. And uh, you guys find yourself about halfway between Fairmonts and Porta Magnum. Um, eerily, um, Arlen, uh, not that far from where Orlana sacrificed herself. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you guys pull up uh, short for the night. Um, are you going to set a watch or anything? Are we, we have the dagger. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, we can we can do the the um, the the the, uh, blah, the dagger. Um, then that 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 has a range of like thirty feet, I think. Sorry, I don't know why I didn't write that down. Well, now you, now's but your big. While chance. you're doing that and talking to uh, on this trip, I'm sure Alistair or Cotter and I would have been talking about our 
differences of opinion in the deities and whatnot, but assuming it brought up the whole new abilities and spells mm-hmm. and the, that, I would have popped out one of the diamonds to give to you. Mm-hmm. So you have one diamond mm-hmm. for one revivify. And that's what the... That's what your... Okay. The, our, my sister, your wife, gave us. Okay. Okay. So weapon of warning. This magic weapon warns you of danger. While your weapon is on your person, you have advantage on initiative rolls. In addition, you and any of your companions within 30 feet can't be surprised except when incapacitated by something other than non-magical sleep. The weapon magically awakens you and your companions within range if any of you are sleeping naturally when the combat begins. Mm -hmm. So 30 feet. However, that's still not quite the same as having somebody watching and and noticing that something's coming in. Because we'd still be surprised, right? Yeah, I think setting a watch is the wisest. I'd be happy to take the first watch. I'll take third. Now take second. Fourth. Yay. <laughs> I have an odd question, Mr. DM. Mm-hmm. So on our character sheets, of course, you're the, you know, you have your proficiency skills and one is perception. Right below that is a block that says passive wisdom perception. Yep. What happens if you're trying to be perceptive and you roll below your wisdom, passive wisdom? Um, most of the time we've been just utilizing your role that you just, you just, you know, something distracted you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another alternate way that you can use that is that that's the floor. And so it's like someone is trying to sneak up on you. They have to beat that floor. But uh, we've been having everybody roll and, you know, it's like, oh, look, squirrel. We, yeah. you know, we, 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 we're not as perceptive as we'd like to be. And if you think about it, yeah, your the rules say that if you're rolling, you're rolling it, and we've had that conundrum too. But it's like if you're playing slug a bug, you know, you, your passive perception says, oh, there's a bug. But your active perception would be, I'm looking for bugs. And you may miss one that your subconscious may have picked up. Yeah. And uh, that, however, comes in a lot of times with like looking for secret things that it's like, you know, you come into a glade or something, and there's something that you would notice. Well, and you know, then you say, you know, this, this, uh, pa- you know, what, whatever their passive perception is, if it's above this, they notice it. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. Thank you. So I'll take first watch. Okay. And I'm second. Yeah. Okay. Third and- we need four out of the five. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about this? Let's do the parent. Who hasn't gotten a chance to sleep through a watch yet? I know I have. And I think no one did it the second. I time. have because I've died every time. <laughs> I don't are, know that I have. And are we starting a fire? You know, this is the dwarves have been here. I think probably they would have scared a lot of things away. Mm-hmm. Why would we not? Right. Well, it because the last heat. time we were trying to be sneaky. We're this not trying not. to be. Sneaky. Yeah, we're okay. just. All right, so we'll build a fire, and I'll take first watch. No one said second. Who would like the third? I do take third. Third. Mm-hmm. third. She said and fourth. Yeah. Fourth. Okay, so you get to sleep through the night. Yep. Okay. Rest off after dying again. <laughs> Takes a Glass cannon, of, buddy. Like yep. your entire life or something. It, it, too bad it's not something you don't have something like you know mage armor or shield to help you out. I do have shield, but it's always like 17 above my armor class. Mm-hmm. And I still have three magic items that allows me to up my armor class, too. Mage armor. I just got Dang. to 16. Mage armor. I don't know if I can take mage armor, actually. Uh, you should look at it. Anyway, so first watch. Okay, good. So, um, Kraval, why don't you uh, give me a perception roll real quick? 24. Okay, good. Well, you are attuned to what's going on, and everything seems to be at peace in the world. Um, every once in a while, there's a little, you know, fracas in the underbrush as some small critter, critter gets eaten by some bigger critter, you know, a bird or a fox or a possum or something. But cycle of life. But nothing, uh, nothing seems to alarm you. Okay. 
Um, do I need to do one or two? Just one. Okay, so at the end of my watch, I'll uh, I'll wake up in the wand. Okay, good. Rest. Let's on the rest. And I would like everybody else to please go outside. Me too. Everybody but no one. Gotcha. I'm gonna die. Yep. We can only hope. <clears throat> or you're gonna see the pretty blonde man again. Maybe. Okay, so um, why don't you give me a perception roll there? Eight. Okay, um, so you are a little bit tired. Um, the ram riding is not nearly as comfortable as horse riding is. And you're feeling a little sore and, and maybe a little preoccupied. Um, and um, all of a sudden, something just seems off. And um, are you keeping the fire going or are you letting it burn down? What are you doing? I'm keeping it going. Okay. I kind of like keep it going and I'll step back into the shadows a little mm -hmm. and kind of hide there. And um, Creval doesn't snore, but because of his uh, anatomy and being a dragonborn, he's got kind of a breathy um, sort of breathing mm -hmm. when he's asleep. And all of a sudden it occurs to you that you don't hear that anymore. And for that matter, you don't hear the crackling of the fire anymore. Um, you still hear, like, the noises around you, but, um, like, the noises in camp are suddenly missing. So I look, and I'm going to make sure everyone's present and seems okay. Yeah, they're just sitting over there. It's just all of a sudden, um, and you notice, like, Adri kind of rolls over from one side to another, but it doesn't make any noise. I snap my fingers. Yeah, it makes noise. Okay. And all of a sudden you become aware that there's a shadowy figure walking out of the trees in front of you. It's an emaciated, maybe a one-time elf dressed in some crimson robes. And you've seen him before. It's a low all. Great. And strangely, he's carrying a tray with a couple of cups and a teapot. And you can see steam emanating from the teapot. And he just comes kind of walking in as if he doesn't care in the world and just stops right in front of you and puts the tray down and sits down and pours a couple of cups of tea and just kind of beckons to you to sit in front of him. I'll sit. And he says, Good evening, Noan. You have greatly impressed me with your abilities. And I've come to make you an offer. What's your offer? He says, Abandon this path that you have gone on. Join me instead. And I will train you in the arts that I alone have learned. You too can be as powerful as me someday. Think of it. And he actually holds up his hand and on a palm of it is you. Standing there about 12 inches high. But you're now dressed in similar robes to him. And you can just see the power crackling around your fists and just sort of emanating as an aura away from you 
He said, intriguing. So abandon this path. How, how long until I would achieve such power? It would take a lifetime as it did for me. But what is a lifetime to us? So you would have me become an undead thing such as yourself? You do not know the power that I possess now. I even have the power over death itself. It cannot touch me. Think how grand that would be for you. I say, if you're so immune to death, why are you so concerned about me abandoning my path? I have seen a worthy disciple. And I wish to have you join me. And what makes me more worthy than, let's say, my companions? They are all weak compared to you. You alone have the genetic background to help out. Because of that heritage which you have abandoned, that you have turned your back on, you are strong beyond measure. And what sign would you need from me that I, should I abandon this path? You could leave here with me tonight, and we would go on, and you would become my apprentice, and you would learn from me all that I have learned. And I pause for a moment, I'm saying. And actually, as you pause, you become aware that there's somebody sitting next to you and i look cautiously and sitting almost knee to knee with you is a beautiful young man hmm. that you've seen before and he looks over at you and he says akmenos do not listen to him for he only pretends to give you something he has not the power to give you what he suggests. He merely wishes to lead you astray. And he holds his hand out to you and it's right next to your hand. And he says, join me instead and I will give you true power. And I say, and what power do you offer me? And you notice Alowal is like looking back and forth and back mm -hmm. and forth. And clearly he is not seeing there's somebody next mm -hmm. to you. So it, to him, it looks like you're just talking mm -hmm. to nothing. He's quite confused. And he, the beautiful young man just says, you will discover great power in doing well for other people. A path that you have only begun to explore. I say, what type of power? He says, you will discover that in time. I say, that's rather vague. Our friend here offers me something tangible. Ah, but as I said, he has not the ability to give to you what he says. Have you ever been one to bend the forces of magic? Never. No. But I look at him, I say, yet you have offered me nothing but vague promises. Yes. What but can you offer me now? Does, have I not already delivered to you many a thing? even though you have not even asked for it? Such as? Victory in battle. My companions have also seen victory without your help. 
Ah, or have they? Ah, I think my paladin and cleric friends would beg to differ. Ah, I think your paladin and cleric friends would most certainly ascribe their victories to my presence. And who are you, precisely? Do you not know? No? I am Dianect. Ah. And through my power, you have been healed many times, allowing you to stay in the combat and be victorious over your enemies. Follow me, and I will teach you more about the rewards that one gets from doing good and helping others. As I said, a path that you have just barely begun to walk. But the big difference between here is my offer is the truth. Whereas this being's offer is merely lies to drag you away from the path that you have already started to walk. So I look at them each carefully. And I say, through my teachings, I have learned to summon the power within myself. The one path that no one shall follow is no one's path. I choose neither of you. And um, all of a sudden, you feel someone shaking your shoulder. Okay, and um, Cotter? So uh, you are snoozing peacefully, and something just kind of... You ever get that feeling that you've overslept? That you know you should have been up an hour ago or something like that? And, you know, you look over at the alarm clock and it's like, it's really, it's, you know, half past midnight, even though you feel like you should have woken up an hour ago. Yeah. You get that kind of feeling. You're, you're, you are sitting there sound asleep and then like one of your eyes flutters open and you're like, it seems like I've been asleep for a long time. Shouldn't no one have awoken me from my watch already? And you kind of look up and you consult the stars and, and yeah, a lot of time has gone by. Is it enough time for it to be my watch? Yeah, it should be your watch by now. So, look around. And no one is sitting over by the remains of the fire. It's burned down to just some uh, some coals and embers, and he's just sort of sitting there. Um, he might be asleep, for all you know. That's not... Actually, that might be no one like, but I don't think it is. But am I sure it's my watch time? It seems to be. I mean, you're looking at the, the change in the stars. It, you you figure you, you should have been called for watch already. And I'll go get up, walk over to near no one. Okay, and he's just, he might be meditating. He might be asleep. He's just sort of staring straight forward. Hey, no one. You put your hand on his shoulder, and he just startles and, and comes out of uh, the... Uh, the uh, meditation or whatever it was. You good, man? I just kind of stare at you suspiciously. Look, I'm fine. Okay, well, it's pretty late for your watch. Should probably go to bed, I guess. So I kind of get up and make my way over to my, my sleeping area. And, uh, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't go to sleep just yet. Okay. I'll sit there and kind of do some meditation. Sounds good. And Cutter, give me a perception roll. Ooh, a 13. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, so, you know, you just hear the sort of the normal noises of the night. Um, nothing is too much untoward. 
and uh, you uh, just kind of hear the sound of your companion snoozing. And are you gonna build the fire back up, or what? Just are you a do? little. And okay. Not, not so, build it really big because we're only gonna be around for too long, but enough to keep me warm at least. And okay. Lightly light up the edges of whatever clearing we're sitting in. Okay, good. And uh, then, uh, you know, your watch goes by uneventfully, and it's time for you to wake up, Adri. Go and shake her awake. Yeah. Okay, good. And Noan, what are you going to do during this time? Are you going to? It's you've been up an awful long time. I will have meditated for mm-hmm. you know a chunk, mm-hmm. and then once my my mind is calm, then you know. I'll rest. Okay, knock off to sleep. Okay, good. So could you guys please go and send uh, Jesse back up? And us stay? No, you guys down. Okay. Okay, so uh, Cotter's shaking you awake. Um, everybody is, is snoozing nice and comfortably back in camp here. And uh, he's built up the fire a little bit to uh, you know illuminate the, the uh, little glen that you're sitting in. And uh, everything else seems to be okay. Uh, he settles down to, to go back to sleep and get the rest of his snooze time in and leaves you on watch. So could you please give me a perception check? Okay. 15. Okay. So um, everything's kind of going along quietly. There's a little rustling in the, in the, uh, in the woods as there normally is. But um, you suddenly kind of become aware that um, the noises that your companions make, uh, like Creval doesn't snore, but because of his dragonborn, uh, you know, physiology, he kind of has a breathy sort of sleepiness, and and uh, and uh, Arlen is kind of murmuring him to himself in his sleep, <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden that goes away. Oh. And then you notice you aren't even hearing the sound of the fire crackling. Oh. And you become aware of a shadowy figure on the edge of the glen walking towards you. Can I see anything mm-hmm. about them? Like it's, details? It's uh, In the firelight you can see it's an emaciated, perhaps once elf, dressed in some ancient crimson robes. It's a lowall. And he's carrying a tray, and on the tray is a teapot and a couple of teacups. You actually recognize them from the arena of pain. And he just comes and walks right up and sits down in front of you and pours out two cups of tea and holds one out to you. I'll take it. I'm not going to drink it, but I'll take it. And he says, Adri. You have impressed me with your abilities, and I've come to make you an offer. He says, leave this path that you have joined, and join me instead. And as a reward, I can promise you this. And he holds up his hand, and sitting on the top of his hand is you. About a 12 foot, or 12 inch figure of you, dressed in some very fancy robes, but your skin is a perfect elvish pink. And he says, I can help you be that which you wish to be. No more running. 
No more hiding. Join me and I can make this happen. I'm going to kind of look at him and look down at my teacup and then splash the tea in his face. And he's, it just goes flying into thin air. He's not there. And you look down at your hand and there's no cup in your hand either. And you realize all the sounds have come back to, to the glade. I'm going to kind of shake my head out and then just go back to staring into the fire and keeping my ears out for any danger. Sounds good. Okay, and everybody roll for me a constitution roll. Yay, my best. A constitution Ooh. roll or saving throw? Roll. 22. <laughs> Actually, everyone except, uh, except Adri. So okay. Anyone God. beat a 22? Thank gosh. I got an 11. I got a 3. I got a 17. Oh, wow. Okay, so you guys are all pretty uh, pretty tired, except Creval, who got to go to bed uh, um, after the first watch. Apparently, uh, Arlen, you were pretty pretty tired there and slept right through. And and uh, Creval, you uh, kind of wake up with the first rays of sunlight uh, pe- peeking between the trees, and this falls right on your eyelids. And you know how annoying that is. And you wake up and you notice that Adri is just sort of sitting. She might be meditating. Um, but she's sitting beha- beside the um, ashes of your fire and not moving. She might even be asleep, for all you know. Although that doesn't sound like Adri to you. Okay. Um, as our moderate age listeners will appreciate this, wake up, stretch, pop, and crack into place. Okay. <laughs> um, head over and kind of look down at her and see if she, her eyes are open. Her eyes are open, but she's just staring straight ahead. Tap her on the leg with the end of the glaive that's not sharp <laughs> and she just starts and looks around are you okay yeah it's morning i'll get up and kind of start gathering stuff up uh adri you were supposed to be on watch but you look like you were asleep i was watching are you dead <laughs> fair are you okay i am fine thank you can i insight that sure So that's one of your better skills. No, it's not. <laughs> I have four skills and none of them are insight. Fifteen. Fifteen? You sense some reservation in her voice. Um, like she's not telling you the whole story. She, she says she's okay, but clearly something is a little bit off. I mean, it may just be that she's cold and she doesn't want to admit it or something, but you sense some reservation. Okay, and since no one's else awake, just the last thing I'll say to her, you know, just like, I understand that everyone's entitled to their secrets. Uh, at the last four months, though, if, if, if you just need to talk, uh, there's, no reserv- there's no judgment here. I'll just kind of smile and say thank you. And I'll start waking everybody up. Okay. There's judgment here. Okay, and everyone gets up and... Uh, you guys uh, are able to re-saddle the, uh, the rams and everything. Actually, everyone give for me a uh, animal, handling. animal handling. And uh, then you can, you can give that with advantage. Actually, no, you can't because you not, didn't have to work with ram saddles before. So, Arlen, you still have to do a regular. I'm scared because I'm rolling really we well. We were vegetable farmers. <laughs> yeah. I normally don't. No, I was not good. ram farmers. I was fine. I so, got a 12. I got a 22 again. I got an 11, but it's my horse. Yeah, it's your horse. Sonia. <laughs> 16? <laughs> 20. 
Okay. Um, so, um, Arlen, you do no- notice that uh, that Noan cinches a little loose. It could be a problem later on, but um, no, no real big difference. You just like give it one more. He just yeah. rotates the saddle up. Oh, please. Actually, I have had that happen in real life where you suddenly realize that you're sitting slightly off kilter on the horse and you're like, guys, did you really cinch this thing up tight? Horses will fill the, their mm-hmm. bellies with air. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You got to hold their nostrils closed <laughs> until they're forced to exhale and then yep. you can cinch them. Yeah. Okay. And um, you guys get yourself all ready to go and you start riding in. And um, about an hour after... Uh, you guys start out, you encounter a patrol of um, horsemen from Porta Magnum. And uh, they come riding up, and, and as soon as they see you, Cotter, um, they immediately kind of fall into a salute formation and ride up, and, and the, uh, the uh, captain in charge of the group uh, salutes you and, and, uh, and says, uh, My Lord Cotter, uh, so good to see you. Um, we were riding patrol. We have heard that the dwarves are retreating back to Faramans. Is this the case? Yes, this is true. Then your embassy must have been successful. Yes. Very good. Oh, this is indeed fantastic news. We will immediately spread the word um, and uh, begin the general uh, return to Port Magnum. Uh, you know, congratulations to you and your party on your success. Thank you. And they immediately turn around and just go pelting off in the other direction. You know, before they had left, it would have been nice to know how far we are, but they're gone. <laughs> yeah. General Patrol, so I I'll, would say... I'll ride up next to, to Cotter and clap a heavy hand on his shoulder. Said, it's good to see that you've mastered speaking many words and to just a few. <laughs> it's a good trait for a war leader. Being succinct is very succinct. impressive. Yeah. That's a big word for a dragonborn. Don't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, three syllables, sorry. Yeah, for exactly. a dragonborn, it'd be succinct, if you know what I mean. You really should stop trying so hard. <laughs> okay, so. Okay. And uh, you guys, obviously, it's an, another long day of riding in the saddle. But as you are getting closer, Cotter, you are recognizing all the signs of home and uh, happiness there. And you guys break free of the clearing. And you are happy to see that probably 90% of the tent city below the uh, city is now gone. And the the uh, remaining tents that are there um, are look either to be abandoned, you know, like there are parts of them that are shredded and maybe they just weren't even worth taking down, or at the very least they're vacant. And, uh, you know, the, so the, the, the flaps just flap in the wind and just maybe they've not had a chance to take those ones down yet. They're next on the list. Who knows? But not, like I said, 90% of the tent city is gone now. Uh, question. Um just in a passive way, uh, one of the feats I have for my background as a wanderer, um, p- quick succinctly, um, I can gather food or if the land provides for up to five people. I'm not actually trying to gather food because we have supplies and rations. Mm-hmm. And one of can I use that just as an uh, observation of what life in general is looking like right now? Um, you know, am I would, seeing birds? Am I seeing yeah, small game? That would be kind of a straight up nature role, but you could do that and see if, if uh, everything seems to be copacetic. Okay. Just trying to get a feel for the land. Oh, see, I knew it. There's my luck right there. Eight. Um, so, yeah, just with the uh, press of uh, people, you know, various troops heading back to the walls of Porta Magnum, uh, yeah, all of the uh, the 
birds and wildlife are kind of scrambled at this point in time. Okay. And um, there seems to be a, a good deal of crows and other uh, of that sort, the, you know, the carrion birds that seem to be flying around, but they just seem to be flying. They don't seem to be landing. So was there's the, nothing, nothing for them to attack. Apparently. Was the dead collected? Um, at least in some, hopefully in a good, yeah, good way. You would, you would assume because you're not seeing bodies lying about okay. or anything. All right. Thank you. So home. And a guy just comes wandering by with a cart going, bring out your dead. <laughs> Hopefully not anymore, no. Yeah. Another guy comes out, tries to throw a body on there and says, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I think I could go for a walk. You little landers are so I'm strange. I'm feeling better. <laughs> Wham. Really? I I'm still alive. I'm just very badly burned. <laughs> well, we jumped to a completely drink. different reference there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you guys wind up to the very uh, gates of Pheromons there, or excuse me, of Porta Magnum there, and you begin the uh, the trek up the Grand Avenue. And as you can imagine, a bunch of people riding riding rams you are generating a bit of interest. Um, the uh, you know from from the casual glances over to people that are actually lining the walls just to see someone actually riding in on a ram that that was completely unexpected. Uh, did we have a we had an escort right? Um, you uh, really someone, did not. So nobody to bring the rams back? Nope, nope. They they gave those to you. Oh, okay. Well, Cotter, where are we dropping our rams off at? Let's see. We'd either drop them off at the estate or we would make it to the Baron to report. I think we might want to visit the Baron first. Well, you probably want to go to the Livery. estate first so you can get yeah. cleaned up. Cleaned? You've been yeah. on the road okay. for a couple of days. You want to be Got presentable before you go to yeah. Yes. Ram dust. After that, we can report back and get our reward. <laughs> Andrew has new smells to wash things. away. <laughs> hey, so let's. Rams are fairly smelly, so yes, they w- are wild and woolly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to uh, the Cotter household. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you guys make it up the uh, Grand Avenue into the first circle. Hang the left-hand turn. Go about three stations on the right, and. Um, as soon as you make an appearance on the edge of the street there, uh, Cotter, you notice that, uh, you know, the guards in front, one of them just disappears at a pelt into the uh, the estate as fast as they, they, their legs can carry them. Seems so, like you scared that one. I, I think, think it, it was, was you. <laughs> that was good, guys. Intimidation still works, I guess. Let's get... Stabled, I guess. Okay. So um, you kind of go back to a stable life. So you, uh, as soon as you come up to the gates, they're thrown open for you. And uh, you're allowed to ride right in there. And as you approach, uh, you know, the, the main avenue up to the, the manor house, you see that the whole household has been, uh, you know, put on the porch to greet you. Uh, your wife, Sinia, is right there in the middle. And next to her are your mother and sisters. Your mother has a very sourpuss, you know, sort of expression on her face. Uh, everyone else seems to be uh, somewhat radiant at your return, uh, especially Sinia. And um, didn't die yet. And uh, a bunch of pages come right up to you and you know take the reins of your your mounts. Although they got to say the ones that end up with the riding rams. You can see they're kind of like, what am I going to do with this? And uh, they start taking them off to the Just stables. Off normally give them a little more space. That's all you have to do. Weird horse. <laughs> don't, don't put them right next to each other. Yeah. 
Very good. And the whole household is right there in front of you. And Sinia comes down, immediately grabs your hands and says, How was your embassy, my husband? It was eventful, but I think it was positive. So then you were successful. Uh, I've heard that the troops have been returning. Yes. 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 Yep. <laughs> Nods don't work very well. Yeah, not so good on an audio podcast. podcast no. no. Yeah, just like yes, yes, but not actually saying that. Just nodding. That doesn't really work. And and she just gives you a big smooch right in front of everybody, and she's oh forgive me that was terribly forward, and she then turns to the rest of you, and Noan she um you know comes up to you next, and she just stops and says my lord. You've been maimed. Are you okay? How so? And she kind of points up towards you. You, your horn is missing. There's something wrong with your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I'm, weren't going there. I, I'm, None of us I'm were. Clean? No, no. I'm like, ah, uh, yes. I, I suffered that in in one of our many battles. Oh, it must have been a heroic combat. You, you must tell us over dinner tonight. To which your lord. Uh, Performed most adequately. Oh, I'm I'm glad to hear he gave a good performance. And uh, she goes on to the line, and she gets to you know she obviously very warmly greets all of you, and, and especially you, Adri. And uh, then she gets to the end of the line, and she looks around and says, uh, "But where's Orlana?" Unfortunately, she sacrificed herself for the greater good of the people. And everyone just kind of gasps and says, very good. I hope it was a heroic effort. Um, You must tell us more. Uh, We'll have to have perhaps a memorial. Yes. And that kind of brings the whole thing kind of down. And there's kind of a a damper on everything. And uh, she says, well, let us come in. You must be tired from the road. Um, I've already sent word to the Baron that you have arrived, and I'm sure you wish to get cleaned up before you must go in and see him. Mm-hmm. That is what we hope to do. Okay. And um, you guys uh, kind of go inside, and your rooms are all available as they were before. Uh, plenty of rose water to drink, Arlen. And um, they... Uh, have you know fresh clothing laid out for you and, and all of your uh, gear that you left behind is nice and clean and, and ready to go and then they take your uh, gear from the road and, and immediately send it off to be cleaned and everybody sits down to a, a fine fine dinner to revive yourself and that's where we're going to stop today Gotta say, we had a little trepidation when we started this whole particular episode. At least I did. 
because once you start throwing things out there in front of everybody like I did with these offers, you just never know what's going to happen. You're definitely letting uh, yourself hang out there in the wind uh, to be uh, smacked if you're not careful. And so it was very interesting. Was no one going to be tempted by the offer he received? Was Adri going to be tempted by the offer that she received? Um, kind of had a feeling for what Adri was going to do because of the way Jesse's played her. But then you never know. Just the chance to get away from being a hated drow and get away from your whole heritage and start over again. You never know. Uh, with no one even more up in the air because he's uh, definitely uh, been tempted to embrace the dark side before but this time he kind of decided to chart his own course so that was really neat got to see some interesting character development there anyway so the party has made it back and they have uh, been safely ensconced back in port of magnum and they need to, uh, to, you know, report on what they did at their embassy. It's going to be quite a story. And then we'll have to see what happens from there. But we'll have to wait for that for the next episode. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at Pool Media dot podbean.com and thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head <laughs>